Our witness is this. We know that justification, or forgiveness of sins, through the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is just and true. And we know also that sanctification, or purification from the effects of sin, through the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is just and true to all those who love and serve God with all their mights, minds, and strength. The scriptures teach us that among other things, we can be sanctified or become more holy when we exercise faith in Christ, demonstrate our, by obedience and repent and sacrifice for Him, receive sacred ordinances, and keep our covenants with Him. Qualifying for the gift of holiness requires humility, meekness, and patience. You love and serve. <clears throat> you listen and learn, care and console, and teach and testify by the power of the Holy Ghost. You fast and pray often, wax stronger and stronger in humility, and grow firmer and firmer in the faith of Christ unto the filling your souls with joy and consolation, yea, even to the purifying and the sanctification of your hearts, which sanctification cometh because of yielding your hearts unto God. The gate of baptism leads to the straight and narrow path and to the destination of putting off the natural man and becoming a saint through the Atonement of Christ the Lord. The purpose of our mortal journey is not merely to see the sights on earth or to expend our allotment of time on self-centered pursuits. Rather, we are to walk in newness of life to become sanctified by yielding our hearts unto God and to obtain the mind of Christ. We are commanded and instructed to so live that our fallen nature is changed through the sanctifying power of the Holy Ghost. President Marion G. Romney taught that the baptism of fire by the Holy Ghost, quote, converts us from carnality to spirituality. It cleanses, heals, and purifies the soul. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, repentance, and water baptism are all preliminary and prerequisite to it, but the baptism of fire is the consummation. To receive this baptism of fire is to have one's garments washed in the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. Close quote. Hence, as we are born again and strive to always have His Spirit to be with us, the Holy Ghost sanctifies and refines our souls as if by fire. Ultimately, we are to stand spotless before God. All of our worthy desires and good works, as necessary as they are, can never produce clean hands and a pure heart. It is the Atonement of Jesus Christ that provides both a cleansing and redeeming power that helps us to overcome sin and a sanctifying and strengthening power that helps us to become better than we ever could by relying only upon our own strength. The infinite atonement is for both the sinner and for the saint in each of us. The requirement to put off the natural man and become a saint, 
to avoid and overcome bad and to do and become good, to have clean hands and a pure heart is a recurring theme throughout the Book of Mormon. In fact, Moroni's concluding invitation at the end of the book is a summary of this theme. Yea, come unto Christ and be perfected in Him, and deny yourselves of all ungodliness. And if ye shall deny yourselves of all ungodliness, and love God with all your might, mind, and strength, then is His grace sufficient for you that by His grace ye may be perfect in Christ. And again, if ye by the grace of God are perfect in Christ and deny not his power, then are ye sanctified in Christ by the grace of God through the shedding of the blood of Christ, which is in the covenant of the Father, unto the remission of your sins, that ye become holy without spot. I testify that the Lord, through his grace, can continually assist us in our daily lives and in our physical and mental sickness, pain, transgressions, and even in all our infirmities. However, to pass successfully through the trials we encounter, we must keep our eyes and our hearts centered on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because since man had fallen, he could not merit anything of himself, therefore we needed an advocate, an intercessor, or a mediator to assist us. And it is because of thy Son that thou hast been thus merciful unto us. We should have great hope in knowing, that, however unworthy we may feel or weak we may be, that if we will do all we can, he will come to our aid and provide for us whatever we may lack. The grace of the Lord through the Atonement can both cleanse us of sin and assist us in perfecting ourselves through our trials, sicknesses, and even character defects. We are both sanctified and justified through the grace of the Lord. Truly, as a man his sins confess, Christ in mercy manifests. Remember, Christ can repair our flaws and failings that otherwise are not repairable. That great truth ought to fill us all with hope. As long as we are quick to remember that the effect of grace in our lives is conditioned upon repenting of our sins. Therefore, through repentance and good works, they might be restored unto grace for grace according to their works. A repentant heart and good works are the very conditions required to have grace restored to us. When someone pleads fervently in prayer for an answer, the answer may be more conditioned on repentance from our own personal sins than any other factor. From the following scripture, it's clear that the admonition to become totally committed to the cause of Jesus Christ is important to all, especially to those who regard themselves as members of the Church of Jesus Christ in good standing. And we know also that sanctification through the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is just and true to all those who love and serve God with all their mights, minds, and strength. But there is a possibility that man may fall from grace and depart from the living God. Therefore, let the Church take heed and pray always, lest they fall into temptation. Yea, and even let those who are sanctified take heed also. As I understand this scripture, it means that Jesus Christ is kind and merciful to us when we serve him with our whole hearts 
but not any of us can take refuge in past righteousness or service. It also means there's a possibility that any one of us can fall out of good standing, even those who have achieved, who have already achieved a certain degree of righteousness. Therefore, we need to be on our constant guard, each of us, that we not allow ourselves to fall into habits of carelessness in our faith, in our prayers, or in our various church activities or responsibilities. It's for this reason that I am resolving again to live closer to God each day and to follow His chosen prophets and apostles more diligently than I have ever done in the past. As the coming of the Lord approaches, Satan's pressure on us will increase. We will thus have to live closer to the Lord than we have ever done before. My brothers and sisters, when we truly are in awe of Jesus Christ and His gospel, we are happier. We have more enthusiasm for God's work, and we recognize the Lord's hand in all things. Additionally, our study of God's words is more meaningful, our prayers more intentional, our worship more reverent, our service in God's kindle more diligent. All these actions contribute to the Holy Spirit's influence being more frequent in our lives. Thus, our testimony of the Savior and His gospel will be strengthened. We will keep Christ alive in us, and we will live our lives rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith abounding therein with thanksgiving. When we live in this way, we become more spiritually resilient and protected against falling into the trap of spiritual apathy. Such apathy is characterized by the gradual loss of our excitement to engage fully in the Lord's gospel. It generally begins when we are feeling that we have already attained all the necessary knowledge and blessings for our happiness in this life. This complacency, so to speak, causes us to take the gospel gifts for granted, and from them on, we run the risk of neglect neglecting both our regular immersion in the essentials of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the covenants we have made. Consequently, we gradually dis distance ourselves from the Lord, wakening our ability to hear Him, becoming indifferent and insensitive to the greatness of His work. My beloved brothers and sisters, in His perfect and infinite love and knowing our human nature, the Savior has established the way for us to avoid falling into the trap of spiritual apathy. The Savior's invitation gives us a broader perspe perspective, especially considering the complex world in which we live. Learn of me and listen to my words. Walk in the meekness of my spirit, and you shall have peace in me. As we accept the Savior's invitation, we demonstrate our humility, our desire to be teachable, and our hope to become more like Him. This invitation also includes serving Him and ministering to God's children with all our heart, might, mind, and strength. I testify that as you continue in the path of spiritual rebirth, the atoning grace of Jesus Christ will take away your sins and the stain of those sins in you. Temptations will lose their appeal, and through Christ, 
you will become holy as he and our Father are holy. I know Jesus Christ as the living, resurrected Son of God. I know that justification through the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is just and true. I know also that sanctification through the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is just and true to all those who love and serve God with all their mights, minds, and strength. Now the Lord cautions us to take heed since there is a possibility that man may fall from grace, even those who are sanctified. As Nephi counseled, you must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the words of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. 